0: Mood. TV
1: All right. Welcome to White Wasabi Podcast Number Two. Uh, last time you saw us, or rather hurt us, Uh, we are talking about Sword Art Online, uh, Episode 1, or SAO Episode 1, and today we're going to be moving along into Episode 2, with me, as usual, uh, EJ5000, do you want to uh, give us a quick synopsis of uh,
0: Episode number 2? Sounds great, Sensei. So episode number two is entitled Beater. This is a reading directly from the list of Sword Art Online episodes on Wikipedia. One month since the start of the Fun Turn Deadly game, 2,000 players have already died, and the first floor has yet to be cleared. Kiritu attends a meeting organized by fellow beta tester Diabelle who announces to the attendants that his party, a group of characters adventuring together in a role-playing game, has found Lifefang, the kobold lord, the boss of the first floor. Parties are formed, and Kirito teams up with a young girl named Asuna. The next day, Diabelle's raid group arrives at the boss's room and battles Lifelong and his minions. While Lifefang's health becomes low, Diabelle goes for the finishing attack. Kirito attempts to warn him, but LifeRang attacks down first and mortally wounds Diabel. As he dies, Diabel begs Kirito to defeat the boss and save the players. Though they destroy the boss, Kirito is accused of being a beater, a combination of beta, beta tester and cheater for Diabel's death. So that's basically uh, skinny of the episode, but I'd like to get into the long of, of it, if you will.
1: Indeed. Well, then, real quick, uh, <clears throat> a personal note uh, when taking notes on uh, on the plot and things that happen during each episode, I need to not write down the things that are in the plot synopsis because I have half a page in front of me of what you just <laughs> read. So, hmm, note to self. All right, uh, so I guess the first thing that I, I want to get into here is the the <laughs> the beta haters because um, this, this is a, a pretty big... Um, Theme uh, that that we're gonna get into here uh, for the series, uh, and there's this this running uh, hate for the beta testers, the hundred beta testers that were there, uh, and at at the initial meeting with uh, Diabel, um, where he says uh, that they have found the first the first boss after one month, um, and that there's there's currently two thousand people dead. There's uh, an overwhelming hate for them, and there's a character who flat out blames the beta testers for the death of 2,000 people um, because they didn't do enough, well, one, they didn't do enough to help uh, the the weaker players, and two, that they were self-centered in that they... Went about the getting more powerful the easiest way possible when nobody else knew, uh, the the path to go to do that.
0: Yeah, you see, you see a turn in the people at this point. Like the world that of Sword art online is now very different than the one in the first episode. Very much so. It seemed very hopeful and friendly, even though again they found out they were trapped in this world. This episode again, it's a month later. And it's you, it seems like people are are tired. They're they're starting to feel the effects of I guess being in, in a game for uh, a month. And the attitude of everybody seems like that of uh, of a survival circumstance where people are very edgy. They're quick to blame. Um, and it was really neat to see this this allegory open up where. You, they're they're mad at these hundred people. I didn't even really pick up on that. It was hundred people, but so these these hundred beta testers who are supposed to be all knowing, who are thought to be stronger and more powerful, um, and that interestingly enough unfolds in this episode. As you're saying, uh, the one spiky-haired character uh, who is an antagonist in this episode several times uh, starts saying something about. Um, Uh, maybe I'm uh, not clap, clap for clap for the dead. Is that, is that this part? Is that later in the episode?
1: Um, that that's later in the episode, but, uh, it, it, that's the same character. And, um, you know, I'm at a loss for his name. Um, but you're right. It's, he comes across it and basically blames, um, you know, blames them. And it, it isn't until, uh, uh i believe it's agile or uh, agile steps up and says well now hold on a second uh, that's not necessarily true um the the beta testers did try to help the, there's a um a book that gives everybody all of the information yeah he gives a and, great and, line and he yeah. says you know he basically puts uh, puts everybody in their place at that point in time and says no that you're just looking for a scapegoat you're looking for somebody to blame because we're unable to get out of this situation uh with our with our own power right now um and it, it's it, it is it's a pretty powerful um message and it you know it's it's very timely at that point and you can see uh Kirito's reaction when he is first blamed uh you know as being a a beta tester uh his you can see his face his heart sinks and for for a second he does believe that he's at fault he he thinks you know that he could have done more um and you can even go back to, to episode one where he and Klein, um, they go their separate ways. Uh, Klein says, I'm going to go meet with my friends. Uh, I, I can't leave them here, you know, by themselves. I need to go meet with them. And his inner uh, Kirito's inner monologue is that, well, if we have two or three or or more other people, my plan to get stronger isn't going to work. I'm better off on my own. And you can kind of see that come back into his head uh, yeah. and, and he, he does blame himself there. And it, it's a, a definite moment of weakness for him where he, he begins to second guess himself and his role, um, you know, and, and, and what he's been doing for this last month, uh, you know, to, to try and, and, and go further. Um, but that's, that's really the beginning of the, of the beta haters. Um, and, and, you know their their uh, mob mentality against uh, anybody who's seen as having some sort of advantage.
0: Yeah, and I could see. I I, I haven't watched. I'm, I'm I'm with you guys, the people who are listening. I've only I've only watched ahead maybe a little bit, depending on our episodic schedule ourselves. So I have a first impression of most of these episodes and. Whenever they're in that amphitheater and or arena and they're giving these speeches back and forth, it was interesting because in the first episode, it seemed like everybody was loners because they had to be they there with their small groups. But now I can see that we're, we're forging forward into a Mad Max dystopian future slash a place where there's going to be definite leaders who are going to step up. I can tell that there's going to be people who are fighting the game for the good fight and helping out, but there's also a lot of anger. So there's going to be, if I could presume, there's going to be bad guys. There's going to be, there's going to be inner fighting. And you can kind of see the, the tatters starting to form with, with this episode. And again, we've read, we've read the whole synopsis, but at this point where we haven't even gotten to the battle, which pretty much changes Kirito as a character, Completely. Oh, without a doubt, it does. Which was uh... well, and and his his change. Uh,
1: it, it it's funny because you know you mentioned the change in his character, but he he changes uh, slightly. Uh, even you know, even before that, uh, when he first meets Asuna at the meeting, uh, you know they they start breaking off into uh, teams uh, of uh raiding party teams of 6 and and he looks around and he realizes he's all alone. And you know, people have befriended other people in the game and and they've they've started to join alliances, you know, come yeah. together as groups and and make alliances and he realizes he's been alone for the last month and you know, and and he looks over at uh who we later find out is Asuna and he goes over and um, you know, and, and ask her if she wants to be in, in you know part of his party, and her reluctance causes him to say, "Well, you know, don't don't worry, it's not forever. It's just for this battle." Um, and and I think that's pretty telling of, of his character. He he's so non-committal that even at at that point where it's you need someone to have your back it's still on a temporary basis for him. It's still, uh, he's still that, um, that dead set on being alone and believing even after uh, the, um, you know, the, the confrontation um, where he, he blames himself uh, for people's deaths, he still believes he's better off getting stronger on his own to help others than with joining with a group. Uh, and having the group get stronger, you know, at this point in time.
0: And aside about that conversation that they had too, which I think is is brilliant. Again, this is a anime about a video game, and so they, whenever they're having this conversation, I believe that they're sitting together and they're looking at the crystals over each other's heads, <laughs> and that determines which alliance you're in. So, mm-hmm. the, though the entire story takes place in game, they don't they don't always ham up the video game. Side of it, you know, there's a lot of true story moments and character moments, and so whenever they do, it's like, oh, that's that beacon's orange because, or I I really like those little throw-ins. I mean, I know they're intentional. I know that, but that those are the kinds of things that I think that makes the series so great so far. It's like, oh, that he had to do that, you know, or that was I saw that on the or uh, it might have. I correct me if I'm wrong. It's either this episode or the next episode. Um, Asuna, Uh, yeah, doesn't. Doesn't even know Kirito's name. Yeah, that that's the
1: end of uh, of this episode, um, which is that you know that's a, it's a really funny um, moment there, um, and I you know we'll definitely get to that point because there's a, a huge change uh, uh, there too, and that that breaks the tension at that point, and it's it's really funny to watch that um, you know from a character development standpoint for Kirito and, and even for Asuna. Um, and actually let's, you know, let's, let's move into that. Uh, they go into, to to fight this boss. Um, and the, the leader, uh, Diabel, um, he, he's the one who had called the meeting. He's the one whose group had found, uh, the boss, uh, location. And, you know, they move in and they begin fighting this boss and it, it becomes apparent, uh, on the way there uh that Asuna is a complete novice um she doesn't know basic lingo um uh, Kirito is you know is showing her uh or has to tell her uh what a, what a switch is uh which I didn't know either apparently that just yeah. means one person's uh stops attacking or uh it stops motion and the next person takes over um so it, 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 that part becomes very apparent, um, and as they're they're fighting the boss, everything is going according to plan. And the uh, at, at the point where the the group is supposed to surround the boss and finish him off, uh, Diabel takes it upon himself to attack on his own. He calls off everybody and moves in for the the final kill. And uh, this is important because he. He believes it's over. He believes he's going to strike the final blow, and that he's going to receive a special, uh, some type of special bonus for the final blow um, uh, of this boss. It, instead, what happens is the boss's uh, attack pattern changes, and he ends up uh, striking down Diabelle. He dies
0: like a hero, too. I gotta say, I mean, he. Oh, oh, he goes yeah he goes down he goes down like a boss like a champ man yeah and he's like don't don't feel bad for me and fight on and i don't blame you
1: and he he basically tells kirito you need to help these people um which is odd to me because yes he did try and help those people but you can see on his face when he moves in for that final kill shot he has this look on his face like yeah i got all you chumps like he he has this smile on his face, like yeah, I helped all you, but I'm gonna get more out of it than the rest of you. Um, hmm. And Akira even calls out to him and says, "No, don't do it. Things are different than in the beta. They're, they yeah." They,
0: he realizes when he sees the uh, uh the I don't new, want to say the sword, but the the weapon that, yeah, the, that the bad guys using.
1: The bad guy breaks out a, a different weapon uh, than he had used in the beta, and you You see his his actual concern for somebody in the moment um there, and he's actually holding Diabel in his arms a, as he dies and disappears um but others in the room hear him call out to him and tell him not to attack, which lets everybody in the room know that
0: he was a beta tester. I like that you're making a point to that because there's two things I think that went on with that so yeah, they, they we we didn't know that we knew that he was a beta tester, Kirito, but the rest of the crew didn't until that moment. But at the same time, so he does warn uh, Diabelle. He warns him. He says, yes. "No, don't. It's already too late. We we've all been there. We all we we're already mid move. We're gonna get smashed." The moment after this, though, spiky hair guy, <laughs> we'll get the name on him for sure by the third episode. Instantly kills the mood everybody's happy the guy's dead and he's instantly saying don't what are you doing this this was kirito's fault he knew better even though moments before we're very we're very aware but i guess that's kind of well and how it's gonna go and,
1: and another another very telling point there is uh kirito is the only one that realizes that diabel was also a beta tester he doesn't he doesn't kick him under the bus and say well he was too instead uh. he you can you know his his mentality switches there uh, everybody's clapping and you can see you know that he's he's distraught that Diabel ha, you know has now died um and and i had a my initial reaction to this was either he's going to yell at everybody and tell them to stop clapping or somebody else is going to and uh, the other guy, I think, just happened to do it first. You know that that's kind of yeah. that was my my initial uh, thought pattern, and he's right. It's not a time to be clapping and cheering. Somebody just died. But where he's wrong, he he goes at Kirito full force. He says this is your fault, and it, this is the the part that surprised me. And this is where things got you know get a little. bit, uh, not darker but more um, more in depth uh, and you see more of Kirito's character, he realizes at that point that this hate is not going to stop. He realizes that beta testers are going to be persecuted until this thing is over and that no matter what, it's going to be a struggle for them even if they're trying to help um, you know, trying to help other people, it's not going to be enough. So he takes it. Uh, he takes it upon himself and says, "No, no, 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 no. The beta testers, they're they're nothing. They're noobs. They're nothing compared to me." He takes all that hate and puts it on himself, and he yeah. he takes all the all the hate and takes all the uh, puts it on his shoulders and says, "You can hate me, not the rest of them." Those guys don't know what they're doing. I'm the one, not anybody else. And he takes all the heat off of, um, you know, off of every other beta tester. And it it, it really is. It, it's a powerful moment, which then is immediately switched on us. you see him stand up and change his outfit to a darker. Um, you know, a darker outfit. And he, he tries to portray himself then as the bad guy, as somebody to hate. And the instant he does that, Asuna steps up and says, hey, wait a second. What's your name? I don't even know your name. You called me by my name. How did you even know that? Showing how much of a, a noob she is. And at a point where he could truly solidify that he was an asshole he turns and says to her well it's it's right here and he turns around and helps her immediately after taking all that heat and trying to be the bad guy he turns right around and shows you that he's not really it's not true now most of the people in the room don't pick up on that they're just so intent on hating him which was his point to begin with that they, they don't get that but it's, it's definitely a, a telling moment for him where he's willing to take all that heat on his back, but at the same time, he's not willing to give up on helping people.
0: I think that's a great point. And on that point, I think we're going to take a quick break for White Wasabi Episode 2, Sword Art Online Episode 2. Be right back. <laughs> thanks for coming back after that break to White Wasabi Episode 2. Not that you had any place to go, but we still appreciate it. As we left, I was thinking about that last scene with Kirito and how it played up on one of those classic Japanese anime tropes where we have a very strong moment, we have silence, and then we hear that evil laugh. I always love... He had this evil cackle. That's how the room is awoken to oh, yeah. to the fact that something's going on. Um, and, I mean, we've seen this over and over in good and bad characters. I was just thinking about Soul Eater's Dr. Stein, where he's one of the greatest characters because he seems to teeter on this line of insanity uh, where he's a good guy, but he's still still doing these these pretty evil or seemingly evil things. And... I don't believe Kirito is evil at all. Cuz the side of him that we as viewers get to see definitely seems like he's a good guy through and through. But I thought it was such an interesting choice for him to go completely crazy and emo in this scene. Like you said he he adds on his black outfit and and even though this he, is a virtual he world He walks
1: at, Yeah, he walks out all slow and dramatic like and it, he really does he he plays it up really well.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's super cool and really funny to think about because this is again so it's online video game world. So I, I picture World of Warcraft people, you know, sitting at home, and and we've seen the South Park episode, and where where in their real lives they're they are not what they are in game, and then this guy he's all of a sudden he's super tough and he's playing it up, and he's like, "You think I'm cool? Now check out whenever I equip my black leather coat," <laughs> and I. You know, I, I, it's, it's just a funny duality where we have to... I'm reminding myself that, well, this is a virtual reality game and we're in-game and it's it's real to them, but there's just these things that are so silly sometimes where you're just, oh, man, and then how come everybody else, oh, we're going to put on our white tuxedos or... It's just... Now you're Funny what works is dramatic in that world. Yeah, you know? and,
1: you know, even... <laughs> I, I meant to mention this before, and it was one of the things that kind of struck me as odd, um, but... Uh, it's another one of those funny uh, you know just kind of funny things that happened um, after uh, first meeting Asuna um, Kirito and she go, go their separate ways and um, you're not really sure whether he follows her or he just kind of comes across her uh, but she's sitting there eating a loaf of bread and his, his comment to her is oh that's, that's that bread's really good uh, I have one, at least one a day when I'm, you know, when I'm in this village. And she goes, "Really? You think it's good?" And it, it he sits down and he gives her uh, some kind of a uh, uh, butter or cream or something that goes on top. Cream, cream, yeah, cream. And, and and he says, "Oh, it's much better with this." And it just kind of struck me in that moment that they're in this game, and the 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 main thing in the game is to collect resources and become more powerful and they're spending money on food they don't need and eating virtual bread and it just kind of made me laugh like why in the hell would you ever do that and she kind of looks at him like you think this is good like this is shitty bread and i it, it it reminded me of the Matrix when he said, you know, when they're talking about they're sitting there eating that that slop and he's like, oh, I, I'd take Matrix steak any day over this slop. It, you know, my brain, you know, doesn't know that that's that that steak isn't real. And it just it, it kind of made me laugh. Like, why do they even waste time eating in the game?
0: Well, that's a similar question I had, too. Yeah. do So do they. We know that in game there are. This episode, a month in, yes. Now, there are real people still hooked up in the real world, who are not eating, and are, are they eating, or is this, does this machine give them sustenance? Their body changes based upon their appearance in the real world. So, if they get a big snot on their face in the real world, is that going to show up in game? I mean, I and is food necessary in game? Because that's something I didn't really understand. And then I don't, I don't know if it was this episode or not. But they talk about sleep, and uh, I think it was Na- Naru, the, the the girl character here that we're talking about. Uh, Asuna. Asuna, my goodness. I don't mean to Asuma, the name. She, oh, boy. That yes. was bad. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I believe it's in the next episode, but that's fine, that she's very tired and she hasn't slept. Well, that's another interesting thing. Do, do they have to eat? Do they have to sleep? Do they get dehydrated? What what? what's really going on, and does it matter? I mean, I don't know if any of this is really going to matter in the actual... It's a very
1: good question, because we know that, you know, um, for them to be alive in the game, they need to be alive in the real world, and that means you need to eat, and you need to drink, and you, you need to... your body needs to be sustained in some way, and if it isn't sustained correctly, not even, you know, to the point of, you know, you dying, but if you're not getting the correct nutrients, we know that you, your brain does not function correctly. And if that happens, what happens to you in the game? Are you, uh, are your reaction times slower? Are you, um, you know, unable to play to the best of your ability and so on and so forth. So, you know, it brings up a lot of, a lot of questions about what's happening to these players in the real world as well. Um, you know, and it's funny that those types of serious questions can come out of something so silly as, "Really, you're eating a piece of friggin' digital bread?" <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on.
0: And where does the digital bread go? I mean, is there digital toilets? And then in the real world, I mean, I, I know I certainly couldn't not eat for a month, but I, even more sure that I could not make waste for half that time. Yeah. Or so. I didn't, yeah. Again, I don't know if any of this is going to have anything to do with it, but it's just when you're watching a show of this nature and they're going into it, it's the questions that are raised.
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Th- these are the type of intellectual conversations <laughs> you can expect on White Wasabi.
0: <laughs> so what did you think about the the first level boss? The uh, st- floor one boss, I should say, I guess, sounds that like, that's how the, the nomenclature? Uh, yeah.
1: Um you know as as i mentioned i don't i don't play these types of games so it from that aspect i really don't have any um a, any real uh background but it did seem as though uh there there was a large amount of people needed to to take down that one boss now that, at first i thought well everybody's a novice and that's why they need so many people to go in. Um, and, you know, it had uh, like minion type things uh, that, you know, that some people needed to control. Uh, and I thought at first that that was the reason. But thinking back uh, about it, you had two beta testers, and a large group, and they had been there for a month. So was this first boss really that tough? And if so, what is level 100 going to look like.
0: Hmm, yeah.
1: Uh, you know, is any, you know, it, it kind of brings up the the thought that is is anybody even going to make it that yeah. long? And and how long could that possibly be? Uh it's you know, it, it not to mention the thing was kind of stupid looking.
0: That's what I wanted you know, to was, see. What'd you think about how it looked? Uh, it, it looked very uh you know,
1: cartoony and um, they they did try and play up uh, that it was it was a scary type thing uh, where you know it was jumping in, in front of people and yelling and screaming and it was very large and and stuff but it it kind of looked dumb to me um, but I think that's how a, a level one boss should be you, you know if if he was super cool looking and badass then where do you go from there you know, you need to be able to build
0: on it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he, um, for those of you who haven't watched this episode yet, I don't know why, please watch episodes before. It'll make it a lot easier for you. He looks like a big fat red guy with a little dog helmet type thing. He's wearing some pink metal shorts. Yeah. Um, he was, he had, I think, three or four minions. They were, like, smaller dog, not dog beasts, but dog human type beasts with swords, I believe. Um <laughs> And I, I, I kind of agree, when I first saw him, I was like, oh, man, this is the first bad guy we're seeing other than the bad guy from the first episode where he's telling everybody what he's doing. Um, but then, as I watched animation style, it was reminiscent of the first Metalocalypse episode um, where they go to some... <laughs> I know, it's, a, it's a not quite anime, but certainly it. another reference... Uh, there's like this big red, uh, beast that lives in the water and the animation style is very similar where it's slow and then fast. And then I also, from that first battle, kind of got a nostalgia vibe for the classic Zelda series where I was like, ah, he kind of reminds me of the, the animation style there. And that made me kind of enjoy him more, um... But I completely agree, like where do you go from 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 there if you make him like a huge dragon or something? there's a hundred floors so that that begs to question i mean there's gotta be a hundred at least yeah. bosses at least so so for a first one yeah yeah absolutely yeah he's okay it's not too bad <laughs> <Metal-oculus>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm gonna bring some of that
0: that's that's part of my influence too i'm uh I'm an anime fan but I'm an animation fan too so i i try to i get my references from all over the board well it's, it,
1: try to make this uh an all-ages podcast, so I'll keep my Dr. Roxo uh, impersonations to myself for now. <laughs> <laughs> and now every every kid listening to this will go look up Dr. Roxo <laughs> on YouTube. You're welcome.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I think that from imp- my impression from episode one to episode two, I thought it grew, and it definitely made me want to watch episode three more than episode one, wanted me to watch episode two, um, which happens to be... And I mean it's not in every anime for sure. I mean Bleach episode 1 I thought was amazing and probably still one of my favorites of the series but uh certainly this the show seems like it has the potential to get cooler with the more that we learn about the universe that we're in and we got bad guys now. We finally got bad guys. So Yep. Yep, we see that the bad guys aren't aren't um, tied to any reality. They're completely fantastic, and so I'm just excited to see what kinds of critters we get. Yeah, and
1: you know, I think it was great that they did the time skip the way that they did. Otherwise, it would have you know it would have dragged on, um, and without that time skip, you wouldn't have the character development that you have. And I believe um, I haven't watched the next episode uh, again yet but i believe we have another time skip coming up before that one so that that should show us even more uh you know character development there so uh, i'm really looking forward to getting into that one in the next podcast
0: that's what's up well i think that's a good place for us to say thank you very much for taking a listen to episode two of white wasabi sword art online episode two and uh, next time, we're going to conquer episode three, find out what's happening in that world, and make funny jokes and comments about the things that seem to make sense only in the context of a Japanese cartoon. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Yeah, be sure to check out Mood.TV for uh, informative entertainment and entertaining information. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other social medias. And let us know how you feel about the episode in the comments section below on our blog posts. And thanks a lot. Mood.tv